Hi, and welcome to Femis Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Asiet, and this podcast aims to support, educate, and empower women to achieve career success and financial freedom. In each episode, Femis Finance talks with successful women leaders, founders, and investors to inspire you in your journey to financial freedom. Check out the show notes, links, and resources on our page, femisfinance.life. Hi, and welcome to Femis Finance Podcast. I'm Asiel, and today I'm very excited to talk with Miriam Bexis. Miriam is a successful investor and seasoned general manager with 80 years of experience in structured finance, consulting, tech industry, and social impact. She is a CEO of Generation Friends and previously a general manager at Uber in Morocco. She holds a business degree from ESCP Europe, an MBA from INSEAD, and a professional coaching certification from Transformance Pro. Miriam is currently supporting ambitious organizations and individuals in the areas of growing businesses, cross-functional team management, strategic advisory, and career transition. Her personal website is miriambelksis.com. Hello, Miriam, and welcome to our podcast. It is so nice to see you again after our first coaching session at Women Dior Mentorship Program. And thank you so much for taking your time to participate in our podcast. Thank you, Asel, and glad to talk to you today. Great. So I thought we could begin with a little bit of background for our listeners who may not have the entire context, and then we can fill in the gaps. So perhaps you could speak a little bit about your childhood, your formal education, and your career journey as a director and general manager. So my childhood, wow, <laughs> it goes a long way. My childhood was quite happy, except that I had a traumatic event when I was four. I lost my mother. I saw her actually die. I was with her and she died. She had asthma. So that was an episode that really, I think, shaped me because I I grew up with my dad and my dad was very keen to make me a very strong person. So it shaped my whole life, I think. After that, I had quite regular teenagehood. My dad married again when I was six, and then I had two brothers. And when I was 14, we left Morocco. I was born and raised in Morocco until 14, and we went to France. The, The beginnings in France were quite difficult because I went to a school where the principal of the school told me from the right beginning, look, this is a developed country. It's not underdeveloped as Morocco. You're going to struggle. You're going to have a lot of issues. And uh, I was doing, I was studying Arabic and English as languages. And she told me, look, you won't be able to do Arabic anymore, although it was possible to do it, but she decided no. And uh, you're going to do Spanish because German will be too difficult for you. So that was my first day <laughs> in, 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 in this new school in France. And actually that gave me a lot of stamina because I, I wanted to show her and show to everyone that I was able to succeed. I had the best grades in English, in Spanish, in all, in, in mathematics. From then I went to do a preparatory school in France. There is this two years when you prepare for a business school and it's quite elitist, it's quite difficult to get into it. And uh, it, during these two years, you work a lot. So I did that. And then I went to business school. From then, I went to structured finance with the French bank called Sogen. I, I really liked this, my years in finance. I spent four years at Sogen and then almost three years 
within a Japanese bank called Sumitomo Mitsui. But after a few years, I wanted to broaden a bit my horizon. So I decided to go for management consulting. And before that, I did an MBA so I could rethink my career. And, and it was also a great time as a family. At that time, I, I was married and I had, I had my son just a few days before going into the MBA. And we, we traveled quite a lot because I did my MBA at INSEAD. And I did it in two countries, in France, but also in Singapore. So when we were in Singapore, we traveled a lot. It was, it was a great time. <clears throat> and after that, I wanted to go back to Morocco and help my country. So that's where I went into management consulting in Morocco. And after that, I launched Uber in Morocco. Well, thank you so much for introducing your background. I think we'd like to know about your journey as a leader and what kind of obstacles and challenges have you faced as a general manager? I think quite a few. The first one is being a woman as a leader is I think different than being a man. Uh, I, I felt that at some times it helped me to get more buy-in from my team. But at sometimes, especially when I was general manager of Uber in Morocco, it was quite difficult to negotiate with taxi lobbies being a woman because they didn't want to negotiate with a woman. And as a result, a few people from my team were, one person from, from my team actually told me once, it's a shame that the general manager of uh, Uber in Morocco is a woman because if it was a man, it would be easier to, to get acceptance within the country. I don't think it's true, to be honest, because I think it helped me also to gain more buy-in from the general public because people were quite empathic by the fact that I was a woman and taking up this challenge. Another challenge that I have as a manager is I always want to be close to my team, but sometimes you cannot be too close. It's difficult for a leader or manager to be too close. And that sometimes was for me a struggle because I had to find the fine line between being close enough, but being also keeping a distance as a manager because a manager is not a friend. So that for me was, was a challenge. Another challenge that I faced with few people is that they, they always wanted to be challenged intellectually. And I didn't have all, always the projects or the, uh, the capacity within the role to give them that challenge. So that was sometimes a struggle. You mentioned that you faced a series of challenges as a general manager. And I want to ask, what motivated you to stay as a general manager or what motivated you to keep going despite all these challenges? few things. First, when I was taking any new role, I really, what something that I really had in mind all the time was the challenge. I really like new challenges and I like to be working on different things. And as a general manager, you get the chance to work on different topics, different subjects, to have a very diverse set of issues to, to tackle. And it's much more challenging as role than other roles. So that's one motivation. The second one is, and actually that began with Uber and it continued afterwards with the other roles, including Generation Friends, is the social impact. Having social impact for me was, was key. And I realized over time that it was something that kept me really motivated to wake up every morning is the impact that I had on the people's lives 
if when I was with Uber, it was on on the driver's life. It, it was key impact. But then on Generation Friends, it was on learner's life. And that's something that kept me going. Yes, that's great to hear. Can you discuss any specific initiatives or efforts you have led or being involved in order to address issues related to gender equality? Yeah, one initiative that I was responsible of when I was in Uber France, actually, after my experience with Uber Morocco, I went back to France and then I was leading the customer experience for Western Europe and I was leading projects for gender equality within Uber. EMEA. Basically, the issue was that there were no enough women at top roles within Uber in EMEA. So one initiative that we took was to make sure that we had enough women at the latest stage of uh, selection for key roles and to take enough time to have enough women at these key roles before, before selecting the final candidate or the, the, the person that we would hire. Because women take longer to generally apply to a role. So it was interesting to note that and to address that. So by taking more time and seeking actively, proactively women to go into the recruiting channel, the, the recruiting funnel, we were able to address this gender inequality. Yeah, great. How do you think other organizations and industries can better support and empower female entrepreneurs and business leaders? First, start with analysis. What, what prevents women from getting into different roles? So then by analyzing the key blockers, companies can alleviate these blockers by, the, by taking a specific initiative for each blocker. And that will make the funnel of recruiting, for example, more rich with female leaders. Awesome. So from now on, we'd like to move to the third set of questions related to finance and investment. So how do you think the average person can get started with investing if, if they don't have enough money? I think it doesn't depend on the money that you have. Whatever the amount, my advice would be to really distribute it among different types of assets, different types of volatility. Make sure to have a certain percentage that is invested on assets that are secure and not volatile, like obligations. It's uh, like state funds, for example, you know, state loans, for example. So this type of funds that are quite secure and with less volatility. And then the rest can be into more volatile assets. For my portfolio is organized this way. I have my house, which is an investment. So this is quite a secure asset. Then I have these state loans that are quite secure. And then I have stocks. For stocks, I, I, I have different types of stocks. I have ETFs, which are a set of millions of stocks around the world. So that also make my investment less dependent on one company. I also have some specific stocks that I follow. And then I have investment into non public fund, non-public companies, where I invest, if I really know the management com the management team, I interact with them. So it's more as a business angel, I invested in three, four companies that I follow quite closely. Oh, great. And how do you think women can stay motivated and on track with their financial goals, especially during the 
you know, difficult times of like economic uncertainty? I think first make sure that you have enough money to secure your needs. That's the most important thing. So securing your livelihood needs. Then if you want to invest, uh, start little and increase over time. And uh, it's it, investment has to be considered as a very long-term game, not something that you do for you know a year or two. So even if the stock lose some value over 25 years, generally stocks gain value. So for example, the, the stock that I invested in, I, I have a long view of 25 years. So I make sure that I don't need this money for the next 25 years. Awesome. So now I would like to move on to your role models and investors that really impress you. So they could be people who are no longer actively investing or they could be current investors. But are there any investors who come to your mind who have like, particularly impressed you? Um, I don't have a very broad culture of investors, but I think of one that, and uh, it's quite basic, but it's Warren Buffett, because I feel that he invests very wisely and he always go back to the basics. He doesn't invest in uh, bubbles. When I see some people investing in crypto money, for example, or this all the new trends, I for for me personally, I'm not judging, and everyone can do whatever they want. But uh, I feel it's always a bit of trend things that may not be sustainable over a long period of time. Whereas Warren Buffett, he invests very with the view of a very long term investment, and uh, his advisors are always very wise. So. Yeah, that's an investor that I admire. All right. Is there anything that you are particularly interested in learning more about now or in the process of learning about or, you know, looking forward to learn? One area that I'm super interested in learning, actually two, but they are linked, is mental health. I feel that there is so much to learn on, on this topic in general, and we are very at the very beginning of it. I feel that I hope that there will be some key discoveries in the coming years in this field of mental health. Another topic also that I'm super interested in is nutrition. I feel as well that uh, we have advanced in technology in various fields and we're super advanced in some fields, but in the field of human nutrition, we're not really super advanced. And I think we can learn much more on, on this field. And, and I hope as well that there will be some discoveries on this field for the coming years. And the neuro, neurosciences in general, what everything that is related to the mind, how our brain functions, I, I feel that there is also so much to learn on this field. To use blogs or books or uh, video courses in order to learn more about these topics. I use uh, Blinklist. I don't know if you heard about it. It's an app that gives summaries of books that I like to 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 get. If I want to get learning from one topic, I I took summaries of various books on Blinklist to make to form my opinion. I also like to listen to podcasts. There is a French one called Vlan that discusses about various topics, and. Yeah, generally just reading press articles, listening to the radio. I keep being curious about different topics. That's my way of learning new things. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. It was very interesting. And hopefully we'll also have another chance to record a podcast with you at some point. But I want to be respectful of your time and perhaps bring our podcast to the end. So is there anything else you'd like to mention or call attention to? We just say um, stay curious, uh, stay open and listen to your heart when making decisions. Also, of course, it's important to uh, to have data when making decisions, but you know, being also, I would say, aware of our intuition is important because our intuition sometimes give us some key messages. That would be my my final advice. Thank you so much for your time. It was very interesting, and I myself learned a lot. Even in the Women's Your Mentorship Program, I was so inspired after your talk, and I read the book that you have recommended called Zero to One. Since since the day I've met you, I'm very inspired. And thank you so much for being our first guest. It was a great pleasure, Asel, to uh, discuss with you today. And uh, best of luck for your podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Femmes Finance Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and write a review on your favorite podcast player. To view the show notes, links and resources, mentioned in today's show, head to feminstfinance.life.